Thank you for listening to the Southwest Florida Business Podcast. I'm your host, Chris, and I'm joined today by Alex and Eddie from Sugar Shack Sessions. So I'm glad I got to have this conversation because I've been following Sugar Shack for seven years now, maybe something along those lines. Um, And they were bringing in all my favorite reggae bands that I grew up listening to that really shaped the type of music that I made, that I played, that I listened to. Um, So it's cool to be able to talk to them about the start of it, how the business came about, how this grew into the channel that it is today. And then we also dive into the business side of it, how they have been able to fund it, the vision that they have for where it's going. Um, And it's a it's a cool lesson for me as a new business owner that wants to use my business as a vehicle to help me grow my music, other podcasts, things like that. So it was a it was a good lesson to see that you can actually marry those two worlds and use this as a vehicle to fuel ultimately what you want to do with your life in the long term. So I appreciate you guys giving this a listen. I'm excited to share it with you. I learned a ton. And without further ado, please enjoy this episode. This episode is brought to you by Southwest Florida Podcasts. If you're a business in Southwest Florida and you want to use a podcast to grow your business, scan the QR code on your screen or visit the link in the show notes at www.swflpodcast.com. Enjoy the show. All right, dude. You guys want to roll into this? Let's do it, bro. Cool. Let's do it. Alex, Eddie, thank you guys for joining me. Hell yeah. Appreciate it. Thanks for having us, man. So I've been following you guys for quite some time. I don't when did Sugar Shack start? What year? 2014. 2014. So probably somewhere right around 2015. I've been watching cool. uh, Pacifier and Ballyhoo yeah. and yeah. all my favorite bands growing up. And, nice. uh, Ours too. Yeah. Those are classics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's so cool to to be able to watch them play like, these acoustic sets and all that stuff. It's uh, You guys made something pretty special. So Thanks, man. Let's, let's kind of dive into how that got started, but let's start off with the reggae rise up stage uh, yeah. when i saw you guys go pull that off and uh <laughs> this year i didn't get to go i was at the other festival but when i saw that i was kind of like damn i wish i was at reggae rise up yeah. because i don't know it's it's really cool to have seen it go from your guys porch to having your own stage and having all these bands come through yeah, and play dude. these acoustic sets so i don't even know what question to ask so <laughs> i'll let you guys kick this off and then let's see where it goes yeah so um reggae rise up has been a big part of what we do um, just because the modern reggae scene really took us in since 2014. Like yeah. they, they've been a huge part of what we do, just that genre, right? So Reggae Rise Up Music Festival was um, just a huge link, like a, a, a huge part of that and exposing us and getting us in front of a lot of bands in the scene. And um, it just made sense to, you know, from a commercial video standpoint to work with them because it's a music festival and they need video and photography and all the things. So we, we fit that mold, but at the same time, our brand is super unique and can bring in um, an experiential side of it too. So, you know, we did a few years where we were just providing video and media content for the festival. And then it started to grow into, hey, we want to bring our Sugar Shack session experience to your festival. Yeah. Are you guys cool with this? Can we try it? And um, I think, what was it, 2019, 22, we did our first pop-up stage? Yeah, 2019 was the first official pop-up. Pop up. We call them a pop up. 
okay. Sugar Shack pop where they stage. actually like provided like a legit stage for us. I mean, the, the 2019 was literally just like a little eight by eight riser right outside our merch tent in the middle of uh, right. Vendor Village. And then it, it grew into a bigger yeah. experience. So along with our brand comes retail and, you know, the merchandise side of things. Because we, we have like this lifestyle side of our brand as well. Um, so at our little merch booth, we had a little stage that we had bands come and do three song acoustic sets. So that was a hit. Like we were clogging up Fender Row with a thousand people standing in front of our booth and clogging up everybody else's booth around us. And fire marshals literally came over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because like, people couldn't pass. Like we had like a crowd of like a thousand people in like this little narrow pathway. <laughs> trying to catch these sets. Yeah. You know, they're 10, 15 minute sets. It's real quick. It's when main stage is, is off and, and side stage is about to go on, everybody's kind of transitioning. That's when our acoustic pop ups start happening. So it's only like a 10, 15 minute set. And um, so that first year, we blew it out of the water and um, the festival, you know, the, I think COVID happened and then they like skipped another year. And so that, that first one back, they're like, hey, let's give you guys a full stage. Let's, let's do this for real. That's awesome. You made it like pretty much undeniable. Yeah. I mean, I think that it was just such a great experience for the people that went to the festival. They loved it so much. Like, oh man, we got to do this bigger. Yeah. You know, and now it's becoming a part of the festival, you know, where I feel like it'd almost be missed if it. Yeah. Way, so, um, yeah. Well, yeah. and it's got to be cool for those bands to have that opportunity for to just sure. come in like, let's bang out three acoustic songs real yeah. quick. We're, you know, we're performing this festival. We might as well. And yeah. plus then you guys are putting it out on your channel and yeah. they're getting a bunch of extra content and exposure from it. It's cool, Fan, man. Fans love it. The bands love it. And we love it. Yeah. It's a win, win, win. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, leading up to this, I mean, part of, part of what kind of kicked this conversation off between us is I saw you guys put out the Pacifier yeah. acoustic session and it was three of my favorite songs from Pacifier. I mean- One of my favorites yeah. this year. Thinking back, uh, actually, the first band I ever went to go see live was Pepper in oh, 2008. Nice. <laughs> okay, cool. And the very first band I ever saw live was Pacifier because they were opening for them. And actually, my brother, uh, my cousin, and I walked in while they were playing Ghost Man. And I was like, wow, Sick. Sick. who who are these guys, you <laughs> yeah. know? And then, uh, and then just hearing the way that they've evolved over the yeah. past few years and your guys' podcast with them, it was really cool to be able to actually see the journey that they went through and dealing yeah. with changing band members and new keyboard players and yeah. all the things that they've dealt with and uh, just still making like some of my favorite music I've ever heard. Like, I don't know anybody that makes music like that. Agreed. They're a staple in that scene. And I, I think they're super underrated too. Like they have such incredible musicianship and songwriting and they're great guys and yeah, yeah, 100%. That yeah. band's awesome, man. We love those guys. They're yeah. multi-genre. They could go in a lot of different places. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, but reggae's obviously taking them in for sure. Yeah. Well, so, and so how did you guys start building these kind of relationships with these bands? Like, how did that come about? Yeah, I mean, in, in 2014, I was just cold emailing artists that I was, you know, I was into mm -hmm. um, and that a lot of us were into it on the team and um, just cold emailing, seeing that, you know, seeing the routes, the tour routes from Tampa, St. Pete to Miami or Fort Lauderdale. There's only one way to get there. And uh, <laughs> true. We, we, yeah. got, we got free beer and free videos at my house and uh, uh, yes or no. And a lot of bands said no. And then some bands started saying yes. And, you know, we obviously started with the locals and, and the, the, the regional artists that my band at the time and his band at the time were friends with and with the networks we made personally. And we dipped into that and really started building content together and, and built the channel up and get that word of mouth, at least in, in the state of Florida. Um, but bands started saying yes. And um, I mean, like s 
four, six months in, bands were saying yes. Touring artists like Ballyhoo and yeah. um, the movement said yes real early for us. And a couple of national acts there really helped. And I think maybe two years in or something, the green came from Hawaii. and Yeah, it really happened fairly quickly. Yeah. But yeah, word of mouth, man. And all these, you know, I, I, I see it as like little bubbles starting all over the country. You know, you look at a map of the U.S., you know, and it, of course it starts in Florida and you just see like this little bubble start growing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And all of a sudden you get a band from Pennsylvania or wherever, you see this little bubble growing. Yeah. And then we got like uh, Soul Seed from Washington and we get, or Oregon, and you see a little bubble. You know, and all of a sudden close. these bubbles start overlapping. Yep. And it's just like all of a sudden you got the whole state covered. And all of a sudden, mm, yeah, everybody knows who Sugar Shack is, which is wild still to me. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, early yeah. on, I mean, let's see, Ballyhoo was the first like, Big national band that came through our way and it was like holy shit ballyhoo is yeah here <laughs> yeah what it's the cool. heck <laughs> it's really cool yeah yeah but the green was really that was the first out of it they were they're from hawaii yeah did they fly in to do the they, session or they were on tour they were on, they were on tour. tour okay yeah we typically catch bands you know on their way to the venue or on an off day in florida yeah um, that's ideal off day is ideal because then they can spend a little more time they're not in and out not so rushed because it's a real personal experience we make sure the hospitality is on point and make sure that the band's having a good time and feels comfy and that really shines through the video and through the through the audio and um i don't know that's what really makes a sugar shack experience for an artist i think so i don't yeah. see many things like it like like we were talking uh, the other day with mo boogie and yeah, stuff exactly. like that like exactly i i loved watching the mo boogie stuff yeah, with, yeah. yeah the expendables like that's mm-hmm. That yeah. was where I, I saw I heard Wells for the first time. It like blew my mind. I was Hell like yeah. in 11th grade or something like that. <laughs> I was like, how do people make music like this? Yeah. But uh, no, it, it, it's cool to watch the quality of it. And yeah, it's like evolved, but it was always good. Like the quality was like always good from the jump. Appreciate that. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, somehow <laughs> yeah i mean that's something that really we've all taken real serious since day oh, yeah. one you know it is a, a it is free for artists it always has been and it always will be and but we want to create content that artists are proud of and want to share yeah and spread the word about and um i think that's what really has catapulted our success as a youtube channel is that quality audio video the highest production quality possible yeah, yeah. given what we have and our resources yeah. Well, so why did you guys start this? Is there was there like a driving reason behind starting it or did this kind of like unfold from something else or how did how did all this get started? It's passion, but Eddie Eddie was the one that yeah. started it. So yeah. him I think talk. I think coming from being in a band and being a drummer in a band and seeing a little bit of the road life and um being the guy in the band that has a GoPro or at the time it wasn't really much social media. So yeah. not really that, but um, early YouTube days with GoPros and stuff like that. I was the guy who always had a camera. Um, I just always loved acoustic sessions, whether it was MTV Unplugged or Mo Boogie or Audio Tree. I know they're not acoustic, but they're doing live sessions. Yeah. And, um, Jam in the Van as well. Like there's a couple, you know, there's a there's a small scene of live session channels. And then, um, you know, a local band here, no longer a band, but SoFlo had hired um, my original freelance video company 50 films to film a acoustic music video for them and they said do you have a location in mind i said i just got this new new house and i got a back deck super tropical let's put you there so we did it and the videos turned out really dope yeah i look back and laugh at it now but i mean that was way early yeah (laughs) but just seeing that video come together it just i was super inspired and uh my band had broken up and you know i just got the idea i was like let's let's try to start a session channel. I know guys in town that can record audio. He had a studio at the time, still same studio. 
Um, and I knew some homies with cameras and somehow talked them into starting a YouTube channel with me. <laughs> here we are. And here we are. <laughs> Guys, I have this idea. We're going to get these bands to sit on the back porch and it's going to be much. here. Yeah. I got a cool name. Uh, yeah. yeah. My house is already called the Sugar Shack. Like all my homies and all my bandmates call it the Sugar Shack. So I was like, Might I got a well. decent name. Can't forget that name. So, um, yep. you know, everybody thankfully took a chance on it and, you know, made ourselves a career now. Yeah. My band was actually the second one on the channel, which yeah. is crazy. So coming from like an artist standpoint, I was like, oh, let's get a freaking badass video, you know? So yeah, I've, yeah. I've been able to feel like the, and he has too, because he's got a couple on there. Yeah. I, there wasn't, you know, there's nobody in Florida really doing this at the time. Right. There's other session channels now that have popped up in Florida, but there was no, there was nowhere for bands to get off the road and do something like this in Florida yet. So there was yeah. definitely a void in the market there. You know, other, other parts of the country, you know, like I was saying, Audio Tree was in Chicago and Jam in the Van in LA. And then I think Mo Boogie was in Denver or Colorado, Boulder. Colorado, somewhere in Colorado. Yeah, Colorado. So, you know, there's a void down here. Mm-hmm. And Florida's a good market for touring artists. So, yeah. especially modern reggae, like I said, they took us in. So um, every band comes to Florida in that genre. So, yeah. Took so advantage you, of that. So you guys, you guys all got together to start this. So this piece started first and then yes. everybody was working together. And then you're like, Shit, we got to figure out how to fund all this. How to make money, yeah. Yeah. So what what was that like to go from starting this, seeing the the awesome side of this kind of yeah. sprout up and be like, all right, we're in it. We need to figure out how to fund this, how to how to make this scalable, all this kind of stuff. What was that period like? And then what did you guys start doing to help grow the business side in yeah. order to fund this piece? So that's actually an interesting part of the story because- before the YouTube channel started together, I was doing freelance video stuff, trying to, weddings and real estate yep. and a music video, yep. a single music video. <laughs> <laughs> um, really just getting my feet wet while having like a, a restaurant job and balancing dropping out of college and all of those things as a typical like early 20 year old. Um, Weren't you in the Air Force too? And the military as well. Yeah. Okay. I was in the reserves. So that allowed me to have some time to like focus on this as well. Mm-hmm. Um but I, for the longest time, we were trying to keep all that separate. It's funny to think about. I yeah. remember having like five films and then a couple of us started State of Mind Multimedia. And, and then, but Sugar Shack always was kind of here separate, right? But the Sugar Shack brand grew exponentially faster than our, like our media company. So I, I, rem- I don't remember exactly, but there was a point in time where like, why don't we just put everything under the Sugar Shack name? Yeah. And use that to fuel the channel and uh, build that brand. Got you it. Know. So you have so you got you have revenue coming in yeah. under the Sugar Shack name. Yep. And you can build the channel. You can have everything. We're highlighting all these artists. Everything right. on this front that you're building with this, and then fund it under the same company. Yeah. But that's coming from like corporate work. And, yeah. And stuff like that. So but the music channel was the face of the company essentially. Got it. Yeah. All right. So what kind of what kind of opportunities opened up on the corporate work side? How did you guys? find that and like what was the initial approach to kind of taking care of those customers um well i think starting in in real estate and starting in the wedding you know such so prevalent here in this and especially in southwest florida it's a huge market for wedding videography right so we met a ton of people through that network ton and um i think from there was just it was just word of mouth and just like our youtube channel we we try to provide the best quality possible so 
I think that's what really took us far and that word of mouth really spread and there's not a whole lot of competition in this town for quality video production. I think there's a lot more now to this, like today. Sure. But back then, 2014, 2015, even before that, there wasn't many people in town doing those sorts of things and offering those services. So um, we just took it real serious and, you know, grinded, man. And we were all balancing day jobs and um, it took a while for us to be able to quit our jobs and get to that point. I think one by one, we all started quitting our jobs. Yeah. Um, but that journey, you know, it was, it was a fun part of the process. It was definitely a, a challenge, but now we're all full time and it's, we look back, it's cool to see. Yeah. So how long, how long did that kind of transition take from being, doing this, moving the ball forward, keeping this passion project on the side going, and then being able to slowly kind of cut ties with the previous life? What was that like? Well, I mean, it's been different for all of us, Yeah. but, um, four to five years, I think from start to actually like the first person kind of like going on salary. Agreed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, we all shared still do share this vision of sugar shack being this you know amazing music channel but you know a music channel is very hard to make money on yeah it's just like being an artist you know it's kind of in that same category like how do you really make a full-time living doing that yeah Yeah. especially when there's you know five original partners trying to get salaries and you know a couple other people involved at the time but yeah um so the corporate stuff kind of allowed us to keep the whole thing going yeah Mm -hmm. um you know, so we all share this the same vision. We're all, you know, pulling different weight. Eddie especially has pulled a tremendous amount of the weight from the beginning, especially on the corporate video stuff. Yeah. Um, but we're all like slowly like, all right, well, you know, Spencer can now quit his job and he gets on a minimal salary and then this person, you know, Arian <laughs> quits his job and he gets on a minimal salary. Yeah. Meanwhile, Eddie's like freaking carrying this. He's like the horse over here. Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're all on the cart. Like, come on, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> we ain't stopping. Um, yeah. But yeah, eight years later, we're finally kind of getting to that point where, you know, when we're doing the financial analysis and stuff and we're looking at it and, you know, the percentage of corporate versus, you know, music channel, all of a sudden it's starting to teeter, it you is. know, it was like 80, 20. And now it's kind of like, all right, we're going 70, 30. Now we're going, you know, it's like starting yeah. to get to that point where, you know, the brand has grown enough that we, we can start, you know, building all these different revenue streams. And that's really the key to, you know, success is, you know, multiple revenue streams. You can't always rely on this, on one little thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I you mean, know. COVID kind of taught, taught everybody oh, in the yeah, in for the, sure. that. Right. You know, cause you know, anybody that doesn't know our business, they probably look at us like, oh, they make some YouTube money or something. They're right. YouTubers. Well, yeah, we make a little bit on YouTube. Not, yeah. you would be surprised at how little. <laughs> one of the lowest um, revenue streams for yeah. sure. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And you guys have like 350,000 subscribers. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I, what are we at? 200 million channel plays. It's up there. It's up there. Yes. Yeah, I'm like, it's growing every day more than that, but yeah. Google takes a lot. They take a big cut. Yeah. But I mean that that's a big business card for us, man. Yeah. And, uh, in yeah. the music industry, we've really, we're really starting to feel the name we've built for ourselves in the music industry as a whole, which is really cool. And, uh, uh, I think that's, you know, that's what is a big contributing factor to that, that kind of that like tilt. That, that channel starting to catch up to the commercial side of things. So, mm-hmm. It's really cool. It's an exciting time. Yeah. So, so you're, so this has kind of driven the ability to go out and start creating other opportunities from like other genres or yeah. other festivals, yep. other musicians. Like you guys just did the, like an orchestra yeah. over, you said in Miami, yep. right? Yeah. 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 So like, so by doing this stuff, how, how did that one come about? I guess is a better question. Uh, it's that, it's that 
you know, this that path we've we've made for ourselves as being, you know, we specialize in live audio and video production, right? Um, New Deco or- Orchestra or New Deco Ensemble is what their their name is in Miami. Really awesome organization. I think it's like a forty five person orchestra. Um, they emailed us. They I think they saw our live production and they you know they asked, could you do what you do for an orchestra and yeah classic sugar shack fashion <laughs> we just say yes yeah <laughs> we'll figure it out when we get there dude that's um, so, that's the way to do it yeah and, and every so for me like doing this podcast i've been able to talk to i guess 15 16 business owners so far nice and it's just i mean for the most part that seems to be one of the keys is like just do it like yeah can you do this oh, yeah. just yes or at least like yeah, but we'll figure it out. Yeah, like, just friggin' try. Yeah, well, I mean, we might as well. Yeah. So, like, why do you? Th- so, it sounds like you're you've kind of been like the the driving underlying yeah. force. Like, probably one of those things couldn't do it without everybody on the team. One thousand percent. But yeah. being the driving force, I mean, you guys keep talking about like a vision. Like, what is what's the vision that you see for where this is going? Like, I guess short term, and then maybe even like longer term kind of why why you're doing all this stuff yeah I, I would say ultimately we want to be you know a household name when it comes to live music whether that's um the channel or um you know at a festival in physical sense you know with our pop-ups and things like that but just become a household name for when you think of live music like maybe rolling stone or relics or something like that you know yeah well, you have a cool enough name to do it. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. Sugar Shack. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just becoming a huge brand. I mean, you know, driven by live music and, yeah. you know, just doing what we're doing, but doing it genuinely. Um, mm-hmm. Because we specialize in live music, you know, the, there's this whole new realm of, you know, how do we bring the experience, the physical experience to people and the fans? Uh, whereas before it's basically been online mm-hmm. um, and then like you were talking about with the reggae rise up bringing the stage that kind of sparked like okay where can we go with this you know yeah, yeah. so it, it seems like you can go a million different places with this for sure I think there's a lot of power in creating an online presence and creating an online demand and then taking that and converting it into a physical tangible you know thing that now your fans that you know have been watching us for eight years can now oh, I can go experience this now in real life, whether that's at my house, at a Sugar Shack session, or at a festival. Because I would say that that festival pop-up concept, something that I would like to take, and I think the whole team would agree, is like, let's go do this at Coachella, or let's go do this at a big festival, high-profile, with, with high-profile artists, you know? Yeah. Um, it's just a cool concept that we can add to like a ticket buyer's experience right there. So um, I think there's just a lot of, there's a lot of power in taking that, that digital audience and bringing it into the physical it's really cool. It it is. It's really cool. sweet. And so you guys are now doing these sessions at your house where you yep. people can actually come and listen. Yeah. So we've been doing it on my back deck since day one. Um, and with that, it's it's a super personal experience, right? Being in someone's home and me and my fiance Lisa, we live there and we always have. But we're currently trying to move out. Um, but you know, with that, I don't know. So there's a there's a personal space there. So it's taken a long time to really like get it dialed. And find a way to balance, you know, this business with that. Um, it's been an interesting 
aspect of this business. <laughs> How so? <laughs> it's just having like, uh, you know, our significant others have been such a big part of this, you know? Yeah. It's such a personal thing. put up with us. <laughs> yeah. It's so personal to all of us, whether it's the five guys or our five significant others, because we're all in like long-term relationships too. Oh, yeah. So it's just a personal, like it's very family vibes, always has been. So um, now, you know, we're, we're we're selling VIP passes to come to my hangout in my driveway and watch a band play. So <laughs> it's weird um, when you say it that way. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but that's what it is. Um, but you know, we re really have curated like a truly awesome experience. Yeah, and the space is dialed, and well, yeah. and you get to be like you said, you get to physically be part of what was previously only yeah. a digital yeah. experience, right, on a screen, and. Um, you know, it's taken, I think we're at a good place now because we've built a team too. Like yeah. we have, you know, there's five of us that started this together, but now there's four more on the team, uh, five more now on the team. And um, I think that's what it really took to like kind of get us over to that next hump, you know? Okay. So, uh, and I want to ask you guys about that, of the process of scaling this business up. So maybe let's, if you guys are good with it, let's let's go to the spot where you had all five of you there. Finally, yeah. everybody's getting a salary. Things are uh, <laughs> things are moving the right direction. Sure. And then, what what kind of allowed you guys to get to that spot? And then, where was the what was the the reasoning for starting to scale up and adding more people to the team? I can talk on that. Um, yeah. So we kind of had we we give each name now like a, a nickname or each year uh, a nickname. Okay. <laughs> or I do at least. Yeah. <laughs> I just tell guys. Um, but you know the pandemic hit everyone in a different way. Uh, we were able to survive it thankfully as a business. We had enough backlog and um, we live in Florida, so it was a little different. But yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but anyways, uh, so 2021 was like January 2021. You know we had some downtime over 2020 and we had some time to rethink certain things and certain people on the team, et cetera. Um, and we, the five OG, we call each other the OGs. Yeah. <laughs> the original five partners. partners of the, of the business yeah. uh, sat down and we said, all right, you know, what are we doing here? You know, let's get back to the basics. Um, and so we called 2021 the year of regrouping. Okay. And mm. we're like, we literally sat down. It's like, what are we, what are we doing with this <laughs> business? Like literally, because it felt like the whole thing was falling apart. Yeah, it did. Really? Uh, yeah. We're not going to go into the, too many details of that, but uh, but yeah, it was crazy. That was like the dark period in our, our business, yep. which we got through, thankfully. Uh, we've, we've never been stronger, honestly. Yeah. Coming out from yeah. the other side. Coming of out of that, now, yeah. yeah. Um, and so, you know, we decided we need to make this about why we originally started doing this and not about other things. And that was focused on giving people the best live music experience they can. So yeah. um, we kind of got through 2021 and we started growing and we naturally kind of added on a couple new members like our podcast host, Bryce, is, uh, he started then. Mm -hmm. He's a good host too. He's a great yeah, host. He's yeah, he's great. He's been doing good. Um, I had a good buddy of mine from high school who's an audio engineer and I've you know, I've always been one audio engineer versus five or four video guys. Yeah. So I finally, <laughs> finally, I was like, maybe I should have someone help. Uh, <laughs> so Barrett Dayblow, he's my new audio guy. And uh, he was helping out, you know, part-time through that year. Yeah. Um, and then 2022 hit and we're starting to feel a little more comfortable again. You know, we're kind of out of that dark period and things are looking really like, uh, like they're all going on the bright side. It's like, okay, we're back to the basics. People are really loving this. We're really loving this. Yeah. 
2022 hit and then we start going okay we're wearing a lot of hats yeah <laughs> bottlenecks um, a lot of bottlenecks eddie's getting you know bogged down on keeping up with edits for corporate video work and stuff like that which is taking us away from the channel work that we yep. really need to be focusing on right and um so we named 2022 our year of delegation <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah and so that naturally goes into okay we need more people to delegate to you know we can't just delegate to each other so right uh we officially started onboarding full-time employees other than the five original partners. Yeah. Um, and that was really rewarding experience, honestly. Um, it's yeah. really cool to be able to give someone a job, especially a job that they really, really want to do and yeah. be there for every day. So, mm -hmm. you know, it never really feels like work. And we, we feel that way. A lot of the, the new guys feel that way. Yeah. Um, and now we're still at that point, you know, it's like, what hats can we start taking off? Cause you know, we're still working more than we can even imagine, you know, but mm -hmm. again, it doesn't feel like work, but it's still, it, it takes such a toll on you uh, yeah. on your day to day, especially when we're all family oriented people. And, um, yeah, yeah. Now here we are. So, uh, middle of 2022 and rocking and rolling, rocking and rolling. <laughs> yep. Hell yeah. Yeah. In, in addition to Bryce and, um, who did we say? We got Bryson Barrett, Bryson Barrett, and then Dave Alpert. Yep, who came on to to work sponsorships and brand deals, it, to really build up that channel. Right, we've built this brand that you know is kind of worthy of that now. So that's another a revenue stream there for the the music channel itself. And then um, we brought on Ellard. Um, he's an old friend of ours that used to live in Naples, now lives in Austin full time, but he does data and analytics for us. So really helps us make good decisions and. Um, watches all the trends on our content and it's like, we should do less, less of this, try this, do more of that. So he's been really essential in just studying all our data and really helping us navigate this YouTube platform. And what's that, what's, what's that been like? Because I'm, I'm not even close to that, but everybody talks about data and like, yeah, I'm sure you make the most of it. Yeah. So I don't even know what to ask. So what is <laughs> yeah. that? What has that been like going you, through? You that need process? an Ellard. Yeah. Do yeah. I? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We call him Chino. He, he yeah, goes by Chino. Chino. Yeah. Okay. Um, you, yeah. Oh, he's the man. We don't even know what to ask. He comes to us and starts presenting all this stuff. We're like graphs and charts and okay, spreadsheets. Well, we were completely wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this exactly. is even a thing. Yeah. 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 Thumbnails. You know, titles. He just he studies everything we do. You know, he literally just sit watching the back end and. Um, He's been an essential piece, honestly, in our growth and uh, continues to be. He's awesome. Yeah. It's kind of cool. It's, uh, I hear, I hear stuff like this and I've seen it even with the family businesses is like you, you grow to a certain point and you hit this capacity, you start delegating stuff out. And then have you, do you guys feel like you've been learning things from the time of delegating things, like learning things about running business and, and even just, seeing what other things people bring to the table. I mean, like what, what oh, kind yeah. of learning experiences has been by delegating? A ton. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so none of us come from business backgrounds, first of all. So Not one bit. We've been kind of <laughs> okay. flying by the seat of our pants <laughs> yeah. this whole time. <laughs> to be totally honest. We're a lot better than we used to be, man. Yeah. So, um, you know, you, there's a lot to learn about running a business. This yeah. is no yeah. joke. Like you're, especially when, you know, when you start having other people then like the five original like partners that just flow together they're relying on you yeah you know like that's a lot i don't want to call it weight but that's responsibility i mean it is yeah, that's their livelihood yep. and if you fuck up they don't have that anymore yeah you know so they're quitting their jobs to work for us and yeah. work with us so it's, that's a lot of weight for sure mm -hmm. yeah but uh so y'all learn quick you know you learn on your feet but uh 
business side of things, you know, you start learning all of the business stuff. Okay. How do you yeah. start an LLC? What kind of corporation are we going to be? Are we going to be this or that? You know, how do taxes work? All that bullshit that nobody wants to deal with in the background. Yeah. Yep. Except right. if you love that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> how do we sacrifice our salary so we can bring on more and grow, you know? Yeah. That's a yeah. part of it too. That, that's a huge part of it. Yeah. It's like a growing terms. Yeah. Investment. Yeah, absolutely. Because, yeah. you know, even still to this day, we're not making a ton of money. You might think, oh my God, Sugar Shack, no, no. <laughs> like the five are like we are personally sacrificing you know getting decent you know wages to to bring on people because we know that it's going to be better for the bigger picture of the company in the future and yeah um absolutely and stuff like that so so how did you guys try to build this to be like a, a sustainable business not like in sustainability but like to, yeah. to be able to sustain a business to be able to have a strong enough business to bring on people to support them. Cause you're right. It is a lot of weight. Like a lot of people, the more people you bring on, the more people are relying on you. So like, what, it, what have you guys done in the past couple of years now? You said you're getting better at it. Like yeah. what, what kind of things have you done to make it more solid and sustainable? I'd say communication is like number one. Yep. Really? I would agree. How so? Communication, internal communication for yeah. sure. Okay. So, the five I, sorry i'm talking a lot but you're fine the five of us we we just work together so well like we have this like nonverbal communication thing um and so you know if you write if we were told like write down your processes we're like well what do you mean <laughs> yeah <laughs> how do you make that happen well, i don't know we just do it you know what i mean yeah. yeah um and now we have other people involved you know and they're they're not as much in that so like they're sitting there waiting for direction from you as the boss or whatever you know i hate calling myself a boss but that is it so um if you don't communicate with those people or you're just expecting them to do something without you know telling them or, or they're expecting you to want something or whatever then you know it can it can get muddy real quick so yeah. learning how to you know how that relationship flows you know yeah, I would say trust is a big part too. Mm -hmm. We all have a, a deep sense of trust in each other and knowing that we can um, all bring, you know, we all bring something to the table that the others can't. Yeah. And that's a big part of our success too is everybody has a specialty. We can all lean on each other to make sure that you're kind of doing your job or doing your role, fulfilling your role to, you know, fuel that fire and get to our end goals. And um, that's a big part of it too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it seems... It seems huge, and I'm actually learning this. I just I'm an intern now, and yeah, just nice. figuring yeah. out how to <laughs> how to communicate. And you show up in the morning, and it's like, oh, I have to I have to communicate what yeah. I need, and I have to yeah. communicate. Right, I got to build a system. I got to put this in like a a software to keep track of what we're working on, what we've talked about. Yeah, I forget, and yeah. then the next day you come in. It's like, what did I say that I wanted? All right, no, I put it in here. All right, we're good. It's yeah, it's it's interesting. And somebody I was talking to on here told me that as you scale and hand things off to other people, it forces you to systematize and it forces you it to does. make note of those processes. And, and it does. You can actually have you felt like it's helped make you more efficient. Like, have you realized certain things you were doing? You're like, why why are we doing this? That's why everybody needs a chino in their life. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's another big part of what he does is really? he helps us. You know get our systems down on paper or on the computer he does yeah he's good at it's that. amazing that was no that was another never something we like asked him to do but he just i think he just saw like that was something we weren't good at he and did. he started just you know spearheading this whole thing yeah and now we have this huge software thing going on where every session has you know 
these automatic links that do this and that and it's like whoa you know and you know anytime we need any data we're like hey how many sessions did we do in this year that, well, that's easy you know and then you know how much money do we make from those sessions in this period and that's easy and then yeah. you know uh now it's like that we're having like sponsors and stuff involved we have a certain amount of you know videos we need to keep up with that we're going to be putting out you know in the next three months or whatever sure and yeah. if we you know don't have if we miss the ball on that then you know we don't have a video that goes out and then you know we're getting paid to do that so yeah. um you know he's got this system in place where he says we need to do that you know kind of spits out we need to do this amount of sessions per month for this reason xyz um yep yeah he keeps us accountable for sure it's been great <laughs> yeah. i love having him on with us on that regard um he definitely has a little more of a corporate background than the most of us yeah. so he brings in some of those elements that you know we may have we may not have ever had no. <laughs> yeah because we're we no, are like none of us yeah i i feel like the five partners are like true creatives so we had to bring some maybe some new blood in and 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 kind of like lock us down and kind of keep us focused and yeah you know get you in the business world as you scale into yeah. the business yeah for world. sure for yeah sure. it's uh yeah well like with flight docs family's company before they sold it and everything at a certain point probably four four or five years before they sold it uh like my dad's been an entrepreneur for as long as i have been alive nice. and uh does things very entrepreneurially oh, and yeah. uh he brought in this lady named april who was at like big banks and ran all this stuff just nice knew the corporate side of things and yeah when when you have somebody like that that can understand that but also can plug into the yeah. like startup creative world. startup yeah. entrepreneurial side yeah um it was crazy just to see how fast it like it was just like a hockey stick just yep yeah that's what Dave brings to the table. Dave yeah. is our um, what is his title? What do we what do we call him? Uh, like the brand. chief corporate guy. <laughs> yeah, basically, <laughs> uh, he deals all the brand partnerships and sponsorships. So yeah, like, like sponsorship director, uh, right? Whatever his official he, title is, but you know, brand partnerships and sponsorships is what yeah. he focuses on. He brings in a nice corporate sense too. Yeah, it's been really great having. Yeah, he's his. got a good sales background, so yep. And he's he's been a good friend of ours since day one, and has he's also a camera operator, so. Um, he wears many hats like the rest of us and we, uh, we were able to offer him a position maybe six months ago now. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Hasn't been that long, Official. but yeah, he was with Gardner and he brings a nice, he brings a lot of wisdom in that sense to what we do into a startup space. Nice. It's cool. That is cool. Yeah. It's cool to have these like resources coming on board. Yeah, man. That can actually help you guys like go to the yeah. to the next level. Yeah, it's essential. It's been awesome. So what what is the next level for you guys? What are you what are you seeing? Well, a venue. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah. want to go there. I think I think continuing to bring people in to experience what we do. Yeah. You know? Um and yeah, I think that's a venue. I think that's a music festival. Um keep building the channel. Um keep becoming try, try to build that brand up into being coming a household name for all things live music because yeah we we do a lot of work in the modern reggae scene but we're a music channel and our doors are open to every genre yeah so um you know that's something that we continually are trying to do is to open our doors to other musicians and other other genres yeah for sure what else where do you see this going you want my big old master? I want your, I want the, uh, <laughs> want the no, master plan. Master also, plan. your bank account information. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, I, like we keep hitting at it's like bringing this experience to the physical world. So, like, we really want to open a space 
here in this area. Uh, but I, I see it as a, as a bigger thing than that even. And Sugar Shack becoming a national, you know, place where people can go to like the Sugar Shack. You yeah. can go to the Sugar Shack all over the place. Yeah. Um, who knows if we'll get there, but that's, yeah. that's an idea. Could be like the next Hard Rock or yeah, something like that. Margaritaville, I think maybe dabble into that space, you know? Yeah. Like a, a, a live music based, you know, experience. Brick and mortar. Yeah. Music cities. Yeah. Well, and it's cool. It's, it's cool because you're almost going backwards from the traditional yeah. model is like totally. started off online, started off with virtual or digital experiences yep. and then moving it back into yeah. the physical space. Create an audience, create a demand um, digitally and then, you know, move into that physical and that the demand already exists. So maybe yeah. a little easier, you know, yeah, working backwards. Yeah. Do you guys ever think about doing like a sugar shack tour or something where, cause you said you would put these things out and then different spots of the country, like, Oh, Oregon would pop yeah. up. Like you ever think about basically like, like almost we have a actually. traveling festival type thing. We've, we, you know, uh, the channel's made up of all these mini series, flagship series being sugar shack sessions. And then we have all these little mini series that make up you know, okay. the whole life of the channel. Um, one takes on the spots, um, documentaries, podcasts, there's all these little mini series. So we have, we have one in development right now, Sugar Shack Uncharted and Unplugged, and it's taking what we do on the road um, and going to, you know, we were looking at Jamaica first, um, going there and showcasing music there. We, since we have such a presence in reggae, it kind of made sense to go there first um, and kind of show our respect to the genre and yeah. go there and showcase music from that area. But, you know, going, we, we've talked about going to Nashville and, you know, doing like two or three days of live sessions with artists in that city and then, you know, we could take that all around the world. Yeah. Um, or even a bus tour. We talked about a bus tour. Yeah. Be cool to travel around to, I don't know, five to seven different cities and, you know, hit artists along the way. And because we're, we're kind of a band ourselves, you know, we're a group yeah. of dudes and we're all music lovers and most of us are musicians. So we kind of have this like band mentality at the same time, <laughs> but running a, running a real business. Yeah. Hell yeah. It was literally like back in the day. It's like, you know, the, like a band's, you know, growth. It's like, all right, yeah. we got a van. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We did all those little yeah. milestones. Oh, we, we got a trailer. Did. Oh my God, we're moving up. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. Like we were like the same, like, we got a van. Yeah. Like, we got it's, a trailer. It's funny reliving that because I, re I lived those experiences with my band back in the day. And then we sell the van and the band breaks up. And then Sugar Shack, we get a van and we get a trailer. And it's like just the same hype. You know, it's cool. Yeah. It's been fun. No, and actually, it's a good way of putting it because it feels like I'm. Feels like I'm a fan of a band when yeah. I'm watching your guys' yeah. stuff and everything evolve. Like it feels very much the same way right. of when I was watching. Like my favorite bands kind of like exactly grow and evolve and do all these things. That's that's a good way I put it. I never thought of it like that. Yeah, it's weird like that. It is. Like we'll go to Reggae Rise for example, and like that's our biggest festival, and like people in the audience will come up to us and we're like taking we're pictures. We're just a media company yeah. <laughs> like, taking pictures with us getting our autographs i'm like what is going on yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's cool it's like uh, i like this side of music i like being on this side mm -hmm. it, it's been cool experiencing yeah. like on the road and being with the band and playing drums and doing that i know I, I like this side of music better i'm I'm enjoying this yeah yeah you get to be part of all kinds of music too right, right. And you're, you're not dealing with this the same kind of nonsense that you deal yeah. with when you're in a band i've yeah i was uh, i did it a couple of different times just Hell yeah. Heroin, people not showing up. Like, <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> For real. Yeah, that's we're blessed with that. We, we, we've we been 
good with that on that side of like the music industry we have a really great team super solid that's yeah. cool yeah yeah i had a i was recording an ep one time and i had a, a drummer and we show up i start recording i'm like hey man are, are you coming and he's like oh i can't and so <laughs> the day we were recording so actually i had the i played a really like terrible scratch track version of the drums nice. and then i left and went to work and the guys that were recording me were both like session drummers and okay. they did like cover bands and Hell stuff yeah. and they just like played and recorded the <laughs> nice. drums for me and Sick. they helped me like finish that oh, first cool. ep i was like all right thank you guys yeah that's cool you're out of the band <laughs> <laughs> you're fired <laughs> yeah so Damn. well and i guess let's touch on real quick sugar shack russian sugar shack rec records yes yep. sugar, <laughs> let's, sugar let's try that again sugar shack records there you yeah. go yeah sugar shack records yeah we started that about three years ago i think mm -hmm. around there yeah so yeah, we've we've primarily put these all all these videos out on YouTube, obviously. Um, but the audio, there's something magical about the audio that we capture at the sessions. It's like these these new versions of these songs, mm -hmm. and we're like, man, we should really put these out on the internet. You know, like DSPs, Spotify, iTunes, et cetera, digital streaming platforms. Um, so we created a company called Sugar Shack Records. That's the avenue to be able to do that. Okay. So it's not a traditional record label like you think of where, you know, we're going to go sign a band, we're going to put you in the studio and make an album. Sure. You know, we're basically making albums while we're filming these videos. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I listened to your guys' Fortunate Youth sessions more than I listened to the Fortunate Youth album. So. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> yeah. man. We, we get a lot of comments, you know, people saying, and there's nothing wrong with the studio versions, but they say we prefer these over the studio versions a lot of the times. So, yeah. Which is pretty cool to hear. Yeah. It's really cool, especially because a lot of our stuff now is one take. Yeah. It's like these artists are doing this and sitting down on a back deck and playing it in one take and it lives on forever and it's potentially better than, you know, all the time and effort it takes to go take a band into a studio and record and yeah. multi-track. I don't know. It's pretty powerful. It's cool. Yeah. You're capturing some magic. It's yeah. exactly what it is. And that's, a, that's the thing I've told people over the years about it is like you're, you know, we didn't used to record music the way we do today. You yeah. know, you don't have all they didn't have all the technology where you can go in and redo all this stuff over and over again and put you know piece yeah. it together and there's I, I think there's a lot of magic that gets lost by doing that process um so we're kind of bringing it back to the basics of the initial way of recording music mm -hmm. um you know yeah. you think of like led zeppelin going in the studio back in the day they're they're in there playing their fucking hearts out you know they're not yeah. sitting there going oh i missed a note you know yeah so that's kind of what we're doing without yeah. knowing it yeah absolutely back to the roots yep yeah, cool. and I think I think people are looking for that. There's a lot of extra processing and a lot of extra steps and digitization and all these things. Like, yeah, you got to throw some compression. You got to throw some EQ on yeah. almost everything just to make it sit in a mix. But oh, yeah. Yeah. of course, at the end of the day, if you've got twelve plugins on every channel, yeah, <laughs> you might might want to just redo the take and, yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah we keep it authentic for sure you know we push artists to keep those imperfections and keep takes that may not be exactly perfect but yeah you know people eat it up that authenticity and keeping it real keeping it raw yeah, yeah little mistakes can almost make a song better you know yeah yeah yep it's awesome we definitely challenge artists to keep keep some like funny little things some doug funnies <laughs> <laughs> It's gonna be okay. That's a past fire okay, <laughs> reference. Yeah, that was that's actually one of my favorite sessions. Is we were in uh, South Carolina recording at California Roots Carolina sessions, and Pacifier was playing one of their songs out there, and they literally like uh, Ted plays a completely wrong chord. Like it was like a full breakdown, just like crack. full strum. 
And then the band goes back in and they just kept going. Like nobody cared. <laughs> and at the end of it, he was just like, well, it made a little Doug funny there, you know, <laughs> but we're going to keep it. But we're going to keep it. Like that's still the, one of my favorite versions of that song to, to yeah. this day. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. You see, you know, you, you cut to that camera in the video too. And it's, you see his like expression on his face and it's just so genuine. Yeah. You feel, you know, you can't, <sighs> yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. It's like going to a live concert. They're not going to redo the song. Yeah, you know? exactly. I did that when I was, uh, I did like a talent show in high school and uh, I played Wells by the Expendables. And you know, like that first, like, I walk there. Like, yeah. I hit the wrong note and I just went, <laughs> shit, right in the microphone. And I came in second place because nice. of that. So, yeah, see? <laughs> yeah, dude. But uh, so before we before we wrap this up, is there anything else that you guys want to wanna hit on? Check out our uh, Airbnb experience. That's where we're running Sugar Shack Experience through. Um, the Airbnb platform has, um, they call experience tab on there. Sure. And we're on there. Um, or just sugarshacksessions.com. Uh, you'll see the experience tab, but come check us out. It's been cool. It's cool. been a lot of fun. We've done two sessions so far with the public and it's been really special. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to check one of those out You sometime. gotta come. Yeah. You're on the guest list, bro, whenever you want. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Appreciate it. Words. Guys, thanks for coming and doing this. Thanks for having us. Do you have anything else you want to add on here? Uh, I mean, the you know, fans make all this, so just subscribe to all our stuff so we can keep updated because we got a lot of cool stuff coming for you. Oh, yeah. Got some big news coming soon. Hell yeah. All right, guys. Thank you very much. I really appreciate thanks, it. Thanks, dude. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Woo! Sweet. This episode is brought to you by Southwest Florida Podcasts. If you're a business in Southwest Florida and you want to use a podcast to grow your business, scan the QR code on your screen or visit the link in the show notes at www.swflpodcast.com. Enjoy the show.